This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and a registration, visit projectsanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 52 of With Love and Justice for All. I am a Reverend Ogan Holder here with my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Kelly Isola. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. You know what? You know what I realize. You know I realize we didn't really make a big fuss about the fact that it was episode fifty two episodes ago. We didn't. We did not. I feel. I feel like we should have. But well, you know how we like to be flexible. So let's make a big do to do on episode fifty two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's celebrate fifty on fifty two. That sounds flexible. Sure. You know, sure. Okay. You know how we use the word ish. 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 All right, so we've got we've got fifty-ish episodes, right? In the bank. Right. In the bank. So yeah, congratulations to us, fifty episodes and, and going strong. We are we here. We rock. We are here getting our holy on. We are here having conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and we address some of the special challenges that arise in spiritual communities and for spiritual seekers. Um, as always, thanks to all of you who subscribe and who listen. Please remember to leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, as always, we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. We got Missouri listeners, Massachusetts listeners, North Carolina listeners. I didn't remember to update this list from last time, so this might be the same list as the last time. But also, our shout out to our international listeners uh, from Canada, from France, Brazil, the U.K. Um, thank you all for um giving us your ears um today is fridays um october 14th and on fridays we we do our headline episodes we uh take a look at some real life things that are happening in the lives of people um that truly um reinforce um that the work we need to do to continue dismantling oppression and systemic racism and decolonization uh is is necessary we know some folks up there think oh we've come such a long way we don't need to be uh talking about this so much all the time 
Um, but apparently we do because every day in the headlines. <laughs> apparently we do because there's a few people not getting it. Stuff's happening. So this is what episode 52 is all about. It's entitled It Still Stinks and other headlines. So you can. Um, yeah. But first, Kelly's got some stuff to share. Uh, yeah. You know, also want to make sure that 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 we People know that when we do the headlines, of course, we're talking about the ones that are disturbing, um, but also we like to include some that are have some joy in them and some, you know, that are a little inspiring or uplifting. Yeah, stick if around, you, stick around for the joy at the end. <laughs> that's right. We always do the joy at the end. Up, uplift us before we say bye bye. Okay. Um, if you want to join in the conversation, you can message us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Our handle is at Get Our Holy On. And you can also actually call. We have a phone number, 413-438-4659, which is 413-GET-HOLY. Um, it's not hard to remember, 413-GET-HOLY. We have, we're continuing our nonfiction um, book study, our 846 book club. And we are doing um, the book, it's called Do the Work. And it really is a workbook. It's experiences, it's activities, it's an anti-racist activity book. And it's by W. Kamau Bell, a comedian, and uh, Kate Schatz, who's a social justice um, activist. And, and they both are, and they're both brilliant. And it's just on Tuesday nights, 7 to 9 Eastern, we still have a few sessions left. You can join at any time. It's the people that are coming are just loving it. Um, Lots of conversation, good conversation, lots of I didn't know what I didn't know. And then at the end of the month, on October 27th, we have our last, uh, at least this round for this year, last one of our 846 Fiction Book Club. And the book is How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Her House. And this we did five over the summer. Each book was written by a Black woman. And this book is not just written by a Black woman, but someone from Barbados. So it's Represent. Ogan's Heart. Yes. Yeah. We have a, uh, a really powerful workshop coming up next week. It's actually a three-part workshop on October 20, 21, 22, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time each day. It's called Intersectionality, Why a New Prism is Needed. And um, so intersectionality is about the challenges of how race and gender intersects, intersect, um, all, how all the social you know, aspects of our social identity intersect um, how those dynamics come together and how they create challenges, sometimes that are largely go unaddressed, sometimes, you know, quite unique. So our, we're going to look at those frameworks and, and work through some of the, um, uh, the ways to deal with those challenges um, where, you know, so that we just have a greater understanding of each other and learn how to use our power. Right. We all have some measure of power and privilege in our life. And how can we use that rather than power over power with um, to um, to deconstruct, to eliminate systems of oppression? We have a workshop on November 12th. It's an all day. It's actually I called it a contemplative play shop on liberation. And it's called Love and Rage, a contemplative play shop on liberation. And this is um, we're redefining our relationship with anger. 
We have a tendency to, that anger is not okay, to push it away, that if you're feeling angry, you're doing something wrong, and it's just not so. And we can redefine our relationship with anger. We can learn to love ourselves deeper. We can, um, we're going to spend a day together, engage in conversation and contemplation, discomfort, and of course, love and joy, and then close our day with some ritual. We're busy. We have good stuff going on. He's very busy. So on, uh, so yes, it still stinks. So, and other headlines. So we're going to start with it still stinks, which is that um, air pollution across America pretty much reflects the racist policies from the 30s. Um, it's a study that came out a few months back. Um, it, it actually shows redlining and uh, depression era housing policies and that creating these um, inequities that still um, hang on to today and are in now looking in hindsight, you know, everything's always in hindsight, you can see the harmful air pollution as a result, you know, 80 years later, you can see all the harmful air pollution um, as a result of, you know, looking at racist policies around redlining in districts and housing. Um, and how it's, you know, it's not, I think some people tend to think of redlining and, um, you know, segregating neighborhoods um, as though it's, you know, just something cognitive. And it's something that, you know, for a lot of people, it's happening to someone else and not realizing that when you do it, the long-term effects, it's not just, it doesn't just happen in a day. Um, it doesn't just happen, you know, the effects of it doesn't, isn't just the following week or the following month. It, it goes on for decades. Um, yeah. So so how we got to this was um, a while back. When we say a while back, a few, maybe 2015, 2016, uh, researchers um, um, digitized or scholars digitized a large collection of, of red lining maps. And then they basically overlay them with, um, you know, uh, trends in cities um, and, and different places. So what they found was... Um, uh, like in city spaces, um, because there's less green space um, and more paved services to absorb and radiate heat, um, historically redlined neighborhoods then were as much as five degrees hotter uh, during yeah. the summer and people are um, succumbing to asthma more. Um, and there was a, a study published just this past week in the Journal of Environmental Science and Technology Letters. They looked at two neighborhoods in 202 cities and their exposure to two main pollutants, um, nitrogen dioxide, which is usually associated with vehicle exhaust and industrial facilities, and then a microscopic particle known as PM 2.5. Great band name, by the way, PM 2.5. Um, and what they found was um, that the patterns of, of higher uh, pollution readings was very consistent with the areas that were that were redlined um, back in the back in the 30s. And you're probably saying some of you, well, that was back then. Why don't the people move or people don't have to live there anymore? And and that thinking is part of internalized racism because one, there's an understanding that 
first of all, you know, family is there in the 30s, 40s. Um, their generations grow up there. This is right. for many people the first time that you know they may own a home and own some land that they can pass down to someone else. Right. Um, second of all, people just don't have the resources to up and move and relocate. Um, people don't always know that or have made the connection between their neighborhood and the pollutants and the increases, increased cases of asthma and cancer and stuff like that, that, that that's not obvious um, until it's sort of like really too late. Um, so, um, so yes, um, air pollution has decreased overall in the U S however, it's still much higher in these, in these, historically gentrified areas. So um, so generally, generally you will find uh, black and brown folks living in areas that are more polluted because of that. Well, it's, it's, it just keeps, it's this circular thing that um, because it, back in the thirties, you know, these neighborhoods were graded, you know, C or D, you know, if you look at A, B, you know, grading A, B, mm. C, and D. And because they were already heavily, uh, heavy industry and already other sources of pollution, um, it, it just, it was like a magnet for new polluting projects, you know, because yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be cheaper, like highways, um, you know, and other industrial um uh, companies yeah. and so it's just it kept just perpetuating and so like you said even though overall air pollution has decreased um the racial and income disparities have you know remained and the exposure to to um the air pollution the exposure to the chemicals the exposure to um um yeah to just living in unhealthy places has not has not changed has not changed um and we'll put the link to the new york times article in the in the comments and i'll also put it in the uh the show notes for the episode so you can click yeah. on it from directly from whatever platform you're listening on uh to read more about it um speaking of things still stinking we're still getting people uh having people shot by cops and people unfairly profiled um yeah. and we bring you two stories uh featuring two people named eric this is yeah. uh, sort of a sad coincidence um and um on october 2nd um many of you may not have heard of this but because uh, i don't i don't remember seeing this at the headlines but kelly was the one who alerted me to it um, i couldn't and, believe it i actually knew something in the news and, before you know it I don't know where where I was on October second or right afterwards, but I didn't hear about this. And <laughs> it, you know, sadly, I didn't hear about it probably because again, it happens so often, it doesn't yeah. make the top of the headline reel anymore. But right. um, in San Antonio, Texas, a teenager, I believe he was seventeen years old, uh, Eric yes. Cantu, was shot in a McDonald's parking lot, literally while eating a burger. Apparently the uh, the rookie, I believe he's a rookie police officer. Yeah, he was um, on the job for seven months. Yeah, um, thought that the car the car uh, matched a vehicle he was looking for, and he basically pulled up and opened the door to tell the kid get out, and 
uh, it, by all reports, it looks like the car started moving. So the police officer shot him and he yep. did not, he was not killed. Um, but as far as we know, he's still, um, he's still hospitalized and dealing with injuries. Um, and, um, and the police department has confirmed that he was not driving a stolen vehicle at all. He's still on life support for his lungs. He's got a high fever. Um, but no, he, went- he wasn't. Yeah. He, although the license plates on his car were not the plates for his car, but it wasn't a stolen vehicle. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, Which is not putting any blame on Eric Cantu. Well, just even so it's re- agreed. And I keep, as we keep having to remind people, even if it was something he was responsible for, that's not a sort of crime that you need to get shot for. Right. <laughs> right. right. And the car is just moving. So that means open fire. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Car was not moving towards the police officer. And there's lots of video. Right. There's lots of video from the event. So you can, you can take a look at it and, um, uh, decide not decide, but um, realize that the officer was not in any sort of imminent harm at all. Um, right. But that that again, that embedded fear response of that leads to shoot first, think later, um, is unfortunately part of the police training, and yeah. because of that police training, um, that that's why we get. That's why we get people dying at the hands of police officers almost on a daily basis. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Um, he uh, was he was fired, uh, and he has officer, been yes. yeah, and he has been charged with I believe two counts of aggravated assault. Um, yeah, it um, just ugh. so uh, that that's also in the in the comments on the Facebook page. You can read about that. Uh, on to the other Eric. Um, this yeah. one, this Eric might be known uh, more to folks. He's the comedian Eric Andre. Um, and he was, um, so he was arrested or uh, detained, <sighs> Detained. sorry, um, at the airport in Atlanta um, last year and accused of basically smuggling drugs. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it was, um, uh, according to him, there were no other um, black folk getting on the plane, and he didn't do anything suspicious. No. Um, and yeah, so now he's he's suing the 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 department. They um, asked him if he they asked him if he was transporting crystal meth to Los Angeles. I'm like, really? I mean. If anybody knows anything, you get what you want when you get there. You don't have to bring it with you. No, I know. You're going to L.A. <laughs> L.A. of all places. It is more of a cocaine town, though. So so yeah. I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> oh, great. Now. So I've heard. <laughs> just And where where would I go if I was looking for ice? Just to be clear. <laughs> how would I know? Uh, well, I'm just saying you would, seem to know would, how, it was a cocaine I town. I don't know. <laughs> so i've heard so i've heard uh but i'll but all joking aside we this this is why things still think we still have profiling going on we still yeah. have uh um law enforcement <clears throat> committing these atrocities 
Uh, we still have people breathing bad air because of historically racist policies. Uh, yeah, all this, all this stuff's still going on, which is why it's important. It's why it's important. Reminder: midterms are coming up, right. and um, we've got we've got to be clear that we're not voting for uh, the certain party and representatives that want to like reverse the progress that we've made. Um, one party seems to think that, uh, you know, building a highway could not possibly be a racist thing. How could a highway be racist? Um, totally diminishing the impact of severing neighborhoods in half. Right. And um, let me be clear, neighborhoods with people of color, because, you know, they don't matter. So, yeah, let's, let's build the interstate right through their neighborhood and, and, and sever things. And that's a practice that still happens today. Um, yes. I remember, what was it, not too long ago, was it last year, uh, Pete Buttigieg's transportation secretary halted the construction of a highway, believe in Texas somewhere, because it was clear that there, there was racism at play because it was cutting through a black neighborhood. So um, yeah, still happens, still happens. Yep, it does. Yep, it does. Speaking of still happening, you know what? Also, it's still happening. Uh, trying to stop. Trying Starbucks to st is still fighting to stop the uprising. Not just Starbucks, the uprising. but the, the CEO. Let's let's they, speak. They call it the barista uprising. Let, yeah, unionizing. <laughs> unionizing, right? Yeah, you say uprising. Um, I'm thinking pitchforks and you know tiki torches. Know, right. It's not. It's not. It's not that kind of uprising. Just. Yeah, everyone has their espressos and right. tiki torches. Yeah, right. yeah, no, 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 it's no, the no. Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz. He's uh, <clears throat> to um, you know referring to it as a barista uprising, as opposed yeah. to you know unionizing, and um, and he sees it as a threat to his life's work, oh, and he didn't God's understand, <laughs> um, you know, he just didn't, he doesn't understand how how this world has changed. He doesn't understand this country he lives in and how lives have changed and why, you know, he's a freaking billionaire, um, course, you know, and he just doesn't, um, you know, he just doesn't understand, doesn't get it. I think maybe you amass that much money and you're just so far removed from reality. That's um, not, that's not a maybe that's a definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not telling you to stop drinking Starbucks. We're also not, not telling you to stop drinking at Starbucks, but as we learned, um, from episode, uh, 45, um, of with love and justice, uh, we had special guest Nell Geyser who was, uh, came to talk to us about, about unions. She was a director of research for the communication workers of America, uh, which is a labor union. So um, if you haven't heard that episode, take a listen to that. Um, and you know what I just realized? Oh my goodness, this is this is like some real time, this is like some real time confession here. So I'm looking at our at our Podbean page with all the episodes uh -huh. listed. We we we've got two episodes labeled 45. Oh, Okay, yeah. so maybe we're on number 53. Maybe number 53. I got to go in and, and renumber all so, of these. <laughs> ish, yeah. Would you but like me to do it for I, you? Well, well, I don't know that we should because because, you know, we've we've if we if we re this I apologize for the inside baseball folks. <laughs> if if we re if we re renumber these, will the URL change because we we've we've linked some episodes uh, yeah. and previous things. Yeah. All right. Let's just leave it alone and keep moving. 
or we'll just label the next one 53. There you go. I Wait, like that. No, no, this is 52. No, 54. 54. Right. Math. Oh right. my goodness. So back to back to Starbucks and Lincoln's. I, I didn't um, get enough coffee today. <laughs> right. Speaking right. of. Well, it's you know, it's a mm. um it's it's an interesting it, he's he's an interesting person. He's an interesting story because he's the, you know, his story is, you know, he's always seen himself as this good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And and Starbucks often, you know, for many, many years is this, you know, a good company to work for. And and I used to you know, work you, for them back for, in the you day. Generally, you know, you walk in and someone's really kind to you and you can get whatever you want in your coffee and, you know, pay a gajillion dollars to have exactly what you want. And um, and to you know the most well-known brand around the world yeah um and so i think it's really it's it's really and i don't mean this like poor howard schultz but it's really a challenge for him to be like hey wait a minute what you know um as you know workers discerned or figured out during a pandemic that wait a minute we can do better yeah um we don't have to you know and so it just um i think it it really um, you know, he's been, it's been his baby from the beginning. And so he doesn't, doesn't quite understand the when yeah, race, so raise up these voices and everybody wins. He, he, uh, he says he's pro union, but yeah. he believes unions are there to protect bad companies and he has a good company. So he right. can't imagine. Yeah. He can't yeah. imagine why people would want to unionize at Starbucks. Uh. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh. looking at the union as this outside, you know, enemy trying to come in and destroy, you know, threatening the very essence of, you know, our fabulousness and, and you know, who we are. And, um, yeah, it just kind of shows you how out of touch he is. Yeah, um, yeah. So his, um, his benevolent, benevolent yeah. capitalism. I think he's a... Um, trying to uh tour tour go on go on a, a tour of the nation right now to to listen to uh listen to workers um and hear what they have to say but it's even though he's doing that he's not shifting anything um around around the anti-unionization policies and practices that they have and what kills well, me is the amount of um, the amount of money that they spend, like Starbucks, Amazon. Um, uh, so so uh, he so here's here's a paragraph. So this is in the Washington Post, and again we'll we'll put the link. He says Schultz had been shocked to learn that despite the company's free online college program, many Starbucks employees still carried tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt that they'd built up before hiring. So his answer would was to create a debt management program to to help the uh, to help the uh, to help the folks as opposed to I don't know paying them more. <laughs> well, he he offered free online college to all of his employees mm-hmm. um, to Arizona State University, um, and I, you know, I'm not excusing him. I'm just. Um, you know, he did offer that. And I think he's, you know, he offered along the way health insurance and stock options. So he's just, I, he thinks he's offering all these good things right. and yet not understanding 
you know, that the world has changed and, and that having going to college is, doesn't mean what it did, you know, when he was younger going to college or not, or, right. you know, from his, when he was growing up. Um, and he really, it, it's kind of funny because he comes at it from this place of, you know, we're not selling coffee and feeding people. He comes at it from this spiritual, you know, <laughs> you know, what he calls creating a sense of belonging for customers. I'm like, Okay, I roll, well, I roll create a sense of belonging for your employees and pay yeah. them. You know, them. Like, yeah. We can. We. I said I roll emoji. We're gonna talk about emojis later, but let's not jump ahead. We got. We got one yeah. more. We got one more thing before we get to that. Um, and as always, uh, again, back to why it's important to vote, so that we don't have someone in office who creates a crazy Supreme Court like the one we have. Um, so the Supreme Court, again, taking this originalism view Ugh. of the Constitution, more specifically the Second Amendment, has sort of ruled that New York State can't prohibit carrying guns at summer camps because there weren't any similar restrictions in place at the time the Constitution was written. Which, if people aren't aware, that's when you hear the term originalism. Originalism. Yes. Yeah, originalism. No. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think summer camps existed back then. <laughs> so I would think the originalism would apply more if summer camps uh, uh, existed. But, yep. but, um, Basically, what what um, and and New York also can't prohibit guns in subways, train stations, airline terminals, uh, sports stadiums, um, um, shelters, addiction treatment facilities, libraries, playgrounds. So basically, so you um, can't you can't prohibit a gun and a playground or a library. So really? so New York, so the state can create um, certain limited gun free zones. So like nursery schools some non-educational institutions, apparently Times Square. Um, they were trying to uh, uh, make the pitch to make Times Square a gun-free zone. Yeah, um, that didn't work, I think. No, it did not. So, so I, can, I can be packing my pistol going through a crowded Times Square. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's happening. We are uh, we, they want to take us back uh, take us back we're already there to the wild wild west where everyone had a gun at the hip and again what we know from from record after record after record is guns don't make people safer carrying a gun does not make you safer yeah carrying a gun increases the likelihood that you or some innocent person will be killed because we all watch too much tv and think we can stop folks with a gun yeah <sighs> i know yeah <laughs> i, I so think it just gets stupider and stupider in the words of justice stephen Breyer, dissenting and he says at best the numerous justifications that the court finds for rejecting historical evidence gives judges ample tools to pick their friends out of history's crowd at worst, they create a one-way ratchet that will disqualify virtually any represent representative historical analog and make it nearly impossible to sustain common sense regulations necessary to our nation's safety and security. So, yeah, 
common sense regulations out the window out the window well, yeah that's uh, how you wind up with um getting shot while you're yeah. eating a burger in a mcdonald's parking and, lot and and again and again the second amendment clearly states uh the the, the right to a well-organized militia me and you and any joe schmo <laughs> carrying a gun right. in Times square is not a well-organized militia no neither is the oath keepers Right. No, no, they're yeah. not. No, they're not. They might be militia, but they're not well organized. One and two the proud boys. Yeah. Again, you know, we were literally at in war at that time. It was, know. you know, made sense then. But anyways, I, I roll at that again. Speaking of eye rolls, speaking of eye rolls, speaking of eye rolls, I know I found this. I couldn't resist. I found this, you know, this article about, you know, why, um, yeah, uh, it, it's basically the 10 symbols that only old people use, but yet Gen Z is rolling their eyes <laughs> and and the eye roll and the, the thumbs up is one of them. I'm officially um, old then. I'm, I'm I know. Thumbs I know. up, we red, red love heart, the OK hand. Well, I didn't use the OK hand. I actually don't use a tick. I have used the poo emoji. Yeah. L- loud crying face. Yes. Monkey eye cover. No, I have not used that. Clapping hands all the goddamn time. I use clapping I hands, uh, lipstick, they, kiss mark. Uh, no, I don't use I that. Don't I, use it, I use yeah. the kissy winky emoji. Yeah. And the grimacing face. I don't even know what the grimacing face is. Maybe I'm not that old. Maybe I'm. Oh, the oh the grimacing face. Oh yeah, I do use that. I do use that. I'm. Yeah. I'm. An, we're old, Kelly. We. No, I, you know what I tell people? Yes. I'm like, I'm too old to be young, and I'm too young to be old. Well. Here's here's what I want to say. Who who decided that Gen Z got to decide what's well? I don't. So I don't know that they decided. Ooh. I think it's what what's happened is just is evolution, is culture, right? That um, you know when emojis first came out, we had a what did we have like six to choose from? So, so it's really cool. It's but it's, now there's a gajillion of them. Okay, but again, back to the previous article around common sense. Uh, legislation <laughs> so uh what was it last year year before uh uh the the utes stopped using the laughing face emoji and used the skull emoji because basically you laughed till you died it was so funny mm. that you died of laughter so so laughing face emoji to signify laughing is out but the skull emoji the death emoji is now to represent laughter then what represents death i ask tell me that I'm really having to get off my lawn moment right now, but you know what? I know. I'm going to use whatever emojis I want. And I'm also not on TikTok. So there, I was on TikTok for like five minutes. I'm just like, you know what? I don't. Time suck. Time suck. I need to get it off the time, time suck. suck. Need Although to get there, the time it, suck. once in a while, it's funny. <laughs> need to get off the I time suck. Find, there's one of them on there that's snarky Nana. Oh my God. She's <laughs> just, a, she's a riot. Oh my God. Um, but I don't know why. I don't. I think it's just the evolution in culture, and it's just a generational thing that that sending a thumbs up can be seen as passive aggressive or confrontational, according to you know some Gen Z. How? Um, why? Um, it's almost like sarcasm. It's like think of it as if you were in front of the person, you did a thumbs up, and like you know, wink your eye and go, you know, kind of thing. Oh. Where it's just gotcha. like, okay, whatever you think, sure, no problem. You know. I, 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 that's my guess um, the, to get a thumbs up and and 
at the other end, if I'm a Gen Z, I'm making it mean that you're being sarcastic, like, or kind of dismissive, like whatever. Sure. Thumbs up just to make you go away. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just, uh, apparently the, you know, if we use these, <laughs> these emojis, um, we might be old. It's sort of like the, you might be a redneck thing. <laughs> oh my like Lord. if you use the thumbs up, okay, symbol, the hands over the, the monkey with the hands of see no evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might be old, you know, if you use some of these. Seriously. Um, I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Generational. Hey, so uh, we started with the red line in and now we're going to end with the coolest place to live. The coolest, the world's coolest neighborhoods. One of the reasons I pulled this one and I just I had a lot of fun reading it is that we, you know, on a serious note, we often you know, you come across lists of the happiest places to live, the best places to live, the, 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 you know, the most expensive, the least expensive, you know, or, or just all these lists of where to live or where to travel to, or, um, you know, some, some facet of your human existence. And there's a list for the best of something. And oftentimes I find that, you know, they're kind of cool. I'll read through them maybe, but, but they're often, when I pause and look at them, they're very often lists that are made from, you know, from a Western perspective, or they're the people, you know, the, the pool of people that they collected the information from is, is more Western civilization, or maybe just more, you know, privilege, more privileged um, respondents. And I don't know that this is anecdotal. This is just my own when I dig a little deeper into some of these surveys, mm -hmm. but this this article was um, the world's coolest neighborhoods, um, and and they were, but but they these places were named by the people that live there. Mm. So so it's you know it, um, it's you know like I love to travel off the beaten path. I'm not a tourist. Don't put me on a a bus, a cruise. You know I don't want to go where everybody goes. I just don't. I'll, um, I'll 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 do both. I will I will do both. Um, yeah. If I if I, I if I'm gonna be in a place for a long time, I will yeah. definitely off the beaten path stuff. But if I'm only gonna be there for like uh you know day or two, you know I wanna I wanna be efficient in my touristing. Yeah, that's when I just don't do it. <laughs> but um um but anyway, so these were you know off the beaten path kind of things, but they were people who live in these particular cities around the globe that just, you know, they love where they live and they're cool places. And, um, you know, ours is the best neighborhood. I just thought it was, I just thought it was really fascinating to, to see this from, not from a, um, typically from a, um, maybe a more Western perspective, but people within their own city saying, hey, our neighborhood's the best. Um, so I just really like uh, that neighborhood in Lisbon, Portugal. There was uh, Listen, Cambodia. Portugal, Portugal is pretty hot Tokyo. right now. I know a couple of people who are like uh, about to sell their homes and retire to Portugal. I love Portugal. Like on the coast. It's a beautiful no, place. No, never, I've, never been there. You need to go. It's a, to, it's a beautiful place. Been to Spain, but not Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is they're different. There. It is much cheaper. Um, so there's places uh, in Portugal, Guadalajara, in neighborhood. So these aren't the cities. These are the neighborhoods. Within and that cities. was the other reason. Yeah. Right. Within a city. That was the other reason that really 
caught my attention was that it's a neighborhood. Um, and, you know, so kind of pa giving me pause of what makes up a neighborhood and why is this a good neighborhood? And like, I'm thinking about where I live, do I even know who my neighbors are, you know, kind of right. thing. And, and is there, you know, coolness in the neighborhood I'm in? And I, I'll say, you know, kind of a couple things, not so much, but, um, you know, there was Canada, the USA and Japan and Chile and France, Cambodia, Mexico, Portugal, it was just so it was um, it was a nice way to to sort of have a little bit of a world yeah. journey in the article, but see it from within you know, I will, the neighborhood. I will. I will. Um, I can tell you uh, they have Ridgewood um, in, mm -hmm. in New York City, which is right next to Bushwick, that whole Bushwick Ridgewood area. Very, very cool. Yep. Um, uh, place. Been there. Been there. I can I can attest to the. I can attest to the coolness. Yep. Yes, it is. Of of it. Can't have been to any of these other places, but I will add them to the list. Yeah. So that's, I wanted to, I just wanted that to be part of our conversation today, just in terms of, I don't know that, you know, I've been to a few of these, but I don't know that I'll get to any of the other ones, but just thinking about neighborhood, like yeah. who are, you know, in, in all of our conversation about, you know, liberation with love and justice and liberation for all, it's, are we taking care of our neighborhoods? Do we know our neighbors? You know, are we building relationships? Because that's where the, the work really is, um, yes. is, is neighborhoods and relationship building. Yes. So, there's my little preacher soapbox. Thank you very much. Um, on that note, um, um, tell your neighbors and friends about our podcast, all, all of you, and, and come be part of our neighborhood, our community. Uh, at Project Sanctus. Um, as always, you heard about workshops at the top of the uh, episode, but we also have uh, monthly gatherings twice a month. Um, we have these affinity groups where we are in conversation together. And it's, uh, there's, there's, there's definitely been uh, a consistency of people showing up. And I think we've got a mm -hmm. nice little little family of folks um yeah. there's um, um who are showing up and 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 we want to expand that family it's slowly slowly expanding i think very slowly but it's still expanding so um so come be come be part of our neighborhood our community uh visit projectsanctus.com to um see when you can drop in on our affinity groups they're the first and third wednesday of the month um and also make donations to keep keep this engine running um that's right and, and I think that's it. As always, as always, please share with your friends, again, the podcast on all the platforms. And if they don't know what a podcast is, please direct them to our Podbean website with loveandjusticeforall.podbean.com where they can uh, listen on the interwebs in their browser. So until we are back again. Let's get our holy on. 